0: On this episode of the Futures in Digital Learning podcast, we bring you a conversation with instructional designer, Jess Zeitler.
1: Thank you so much.
0: About podcasting.
1: Our most popular listeners are using Apple and, um, so Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify. But in terms of thinking about it for learning, the great thing is you can just embed that into your LMS.
0: Join us as we discuss how to incorporate podcasting into your course design strategies for creating an effective podcast, and the benefits of multimodal assignments. All right. Hello, everybody and loyal listeners. We are back with the Futures in Digital Learning podcast. Uh, I know we've been away for a while, but um, not a while, just a couple months, but uh, we're back with uh, season three. This is uh, is the official kickoff of season three. You're here (laughs) with episode one. My name is Adam Davey, joined uh, as always by Brian Hale. Hey, everybody.
2: Welcome to season three. I can't believe it.
0: And we are very excited uh, to be joining you. Uh, We're actually recording this in our podcasting studio on campus. Uh, Typically, we've recorded virtually um, across the interwebs, but we're all in the same room together on this one recording. So it's a new experience for us. Um, And we're joined by an experienced podcaster in her own right uh she's one of the co-hosts of the higher id podcast and one of our colleagues here at the university of arizona uh jess Seitler. uh welcome jess
1: thank you so much so yeah my name is jess Seitler. i'm bilingual i instructional designer and i am excited to be here and gosh congratulations on your third season or the start <laughs> of the third season that's really exciting that's an accomplishment
0: thank you yeah we're we're excited about it we should have had cake we should have <laughs> <laughs> and there's our first food reference of the podcast. podcast. Season three. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> those who have listened know that it doesn't take us long to get the food references in. Um, but today we're going to actually talk about podcasting. It's what? quite a meta podcast. Um, and, you know, because we have Jess on as a guest uh, who does her own podcast, uh, we just want to know, like, what, how How do you use podcasting in course design?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Well, first I have to, I have to influence faculty that podcasting is a great, um, it's a great learning resource and tool to support student success. Um, and so I guess like to drill down a bit on that, um, or give you a little bit of background. Um, I'm a neurodiv, I was a neurodivergent student and still very neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. But um I remember one of the first moments in my life as a student where I um, was listening to it was listening to a AP World History, because mm-hmm. I was really interested in history. And um I really struggled to read all these black and white textbooks that probably weighed 30 pounds each. And somehow randomly I ran into a AP world history podcast. Okay. And I, I was so enthralled with this idea of learning by listening. And I realized that, yeah, that probably ages me a bit, (laughs) but um, it was for me, it was the first time where I could control my time commitment as well as just listen on the go when I didn't feel like it was a stressful or procrastination didn't really come into the picture in those instances of learning. It was enjoyable. I could walk down the street, drink a coffee and just listen. And I could also pause (laughs) and reverse. And now I think about podcasting as an instructional designer, also a teacher. And I think, wow, you know, the things that students could do because students are incredibly creative with their notes. These days I've seen tools, um, you know, from my students where I'm like, ooh. I need to take notes because they've <laughs> they've found some really amazing like task organizational tools. And, and, and now um, with AI becoming more popular at the university, um, you have students who are taking the podcast, taking the transcripts because people are now also including transcripts, right. Right. taking those transcripts, throwing them into maybe chat GPT or some sort of AI organizer and, or like Canva and turning it into a PowerPoint by themselves. Yeah. um because because that's how they learn and so when i think back to that ap world history i was like i would love it if my courses like if i took more courses if they had podcasting in them just yeah. as one avenue of learning
0: yeah i i think that's you touch on a lot of interesting facets of of what students can do with podcasting and how you know yeah. kind of um versatile it is as a tool um to have in there so you know that's uh, like I look at it as just being like it's accessible too right like you can students can listen to it when they're driving to campus Mm -hmm. or when they're walking around campus or when they're you know if they're adult learners like some of the ones You know that that we uh, have in our courses and our programs while they're washing the dishes or doing laundry like at home, right? You know, as opposed to a video where it's like, oh, you have to sit there and watch and, and, you know, see the visuals on the screen. But how can you make the visuals come to life with the audio, Um, which I think we do a great job of. I I know people picture the cake that we didn't have, you know, (laughs) as we're sitting here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the great advantages of, Podcasting is you can get as detailed and descriptive as you want. You know, there are these, um, when I was younger, audiobooks were a big thing. Yeah. And now there's the abridged audiobook or the 15 minute audiobook yeah. that, you know, 400 <laughs> pages in 15 minutes. Oh. not really but you know there are all these services that are kind of hawking that that style of audiobook and if you can condense something down in your course into a 15 minute chunk of learning that they can listen to from their phone when they're riding their bike or the bus or whatever you know you add that extra layer of learning into your course they don't have to be watching something they can be you know walking the dog washing the dishes whatever um one of the the problems I face with some of my instructors is the time commitment to get them into a podcast studio or get them somewhere that's quiet enough because your video can be awful. But if your audio is awful, nobody will listen to it. So what kind of techniques have has everybody used to kind of convince? Yes, it's worth the investment of your time. Go record a little podcast or, you know, a little snippet of audio to put in your course. You want to take that
0: Jess?
2: (laughs) That's a tough one. Well,
1: I, you know, so I do, I do reserve the podcasting studio, um, quite a bit, but there was also moments where I just wanted to podcast from home. Yeah. Um, so I do have some headphones, um, that cover my ears for, so that I can hear better. Right. And, um, I do, I got a, a, a fairly uh, medium cost uh, mic, which is a Yeti, pretty popular for podcasting, and and that's what I use at home. Yeah. Um. So there is a little bit of investment if I want to do it from home. Um, that helps make the sound quality a little bit better. Yeah. Um, the tools that you use, and I think you both can speak to that, the recording tool that you use can also affect mm-hmm. um affect how the sound turns out. So, um, but also on the other end of things on the processing side, um, we've used Zoom before to, um, we use Zoom actually quite a bit to record our podcasts. And there's a double thought to that, um, or double use, I guess, better said to that is, um, one, it does produce the separate lines uh, for each, each speaker, um, but secondly, uh, we were thinking about making the video available if that was an option students wanted, right? Because um, some students would prefer yeah. prefer the video, yeah. or they want to be able to do podcast, you know, mobilely and not be signed into the LMS, right. or and then you could have that option of, of the video if that was something you wanted to do. But um, that is what I have used, but I know there are so many other podcasting tools. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think we are blessed here to work at, at U-Arizona in that, uh, and especially with UCAT, because we have access to professional equipment here. Um, we have a studio team who you know will help you with uh, getting set up and and the editing and stuff if professors come to us and want to add that into their course and so that's that's you know kind of the first line of action is hey yeah. let this ex- let the experts guide you yeah um but definitely those who you know want to do it at home I think the microphone is the biggest you know thing I that I say is if, if you're gonna record you know anything whether even if it's just videos, Uh, remote lectures podcasts whatever get a better microphone than what (laughs) your computer has yeah um and and you know if you do nothing else at least that Mm -hmm. um and then just find like find a time that is at least quiet in your house that uh that you can do it and and kind of go from there um yeah just try it do it in small small snippets though like I don't ever suggest like when I suggest to instructors to make podcasts I don't say like make hour-long podcasts you know I say like do a 15 minute one Mm -hmm. see how it goes see how you feel with it see what the response is from the students um and then maybe just do like one per module yeah um
2: and and kind of go from there but yeah come up with you know one or two ideas that you want to talk about yeah um I think another thing I've encountered with instructors is hesitancy. I don't know how to do a podcast. I don't know what I need. I don't know. I know I need equipment, but like, how do I formulate a podcast? Yeah. You know, do I need to have an entire script and do I just read the script? No, is the answer to that. Um you know, how do I make a podcast sound interesting to people? And I think people generally are drawn toward conversation. So the more conversational you make it, the more you're going to have people be interested in it. Um, I'm sure your very first podcast, you were a little nervous, like, okay, am I, is the equipment set up right? Is what I'm going to talk about right? How do I go and edit it if I sneeze or, you know, whatever? Um, how long did it take you just to overcome that kind of, Hesitancy of or anxiety about it.
1: Um. Well, I don't know that I've overcome it. I mean, it's kind of like that first day of class. Even teaching in person, I've taught for a very (laughs) you know couple decades here, and um, still that first day of class, I have nerves that like kind of make me feel like oh my god. But then I remind myself, okay, I. I know what I'm doing, yeah. And and even podcasting, I think one of the great things, as you mentioned about podcasting, it the conversation. I have to remind myself is really the essential element of it. You're sharing ideas and content, but the conversation and the storytelling and connecting with the people that you're um, working with is really essential because that that feel. Um, is shared with your audience, and and that ends up making this really interesting community of practice. Yeah. So um, I think that tone and that conversational tone are just really helpful. And so yeah, I don't know that I've gotten over it yet. I still, I still um, get a little nervous, mostly when I'm interviewing other people. Um, uh, when I'm just with my co-host, uh, we could go on for hours. We actually have to cut ourselves off and say, okay, yeah. we got to keep this short enough. So people will actually listen. And it's, it's, it's engaging for other people. Um, but when I'm interviewing other people, I always uh, feel a little nervous because I want to make sure I know enough about them and, and can create that really nice yeah. conversation.
0: I want to emphasize, uh, you know, one word that you use there is storytelling yeah it's like anytime you can get people to tell a story Mm -hmm. talk about themselves anything like that that's where the engagement comes I think um and so that's where I feel like when people are nervous or apprehensive just like talk about what you know talk Mm -hmm. about yourself like and that you know eases people into it a little bit and you know Brian you and I know this that we we prepare questions for our guests beforehand because yeah. a lot of them are nervous coming on. Um and you know, we probably prepare like anywhere from eight to ten questions. And how many questions do you think we actually get to uh, you know we
2: prepare? Maybe three or four. Sometimes right. we get through all of them because right. that's just the natural flow of the conversation. Right. But sometimes you know you ask those three questions and you segue off into such interesting little topics. Exactly. And then it's really hard to get back on yeah. the yellow brick road to yeah. your destination. Um, But that's what makes an interesting and and good podcast is, is that kind of, you know, off the beaten path kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we do, um, probably seven max questions when we're interviewing people from, um, on the higher ID podcast. Um, and we don't always get to all seven. So that, that seems to be pretty typical if you're keeping it under an hour, sometimes three to five, depending on how much, um, they have to say,
0: right. 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 And the stories that they tell, right. Like maybe just goes down a different road and, um, and that that's fun for me. Like, that's why I like doing this because I never know where the conversation yeah. is going to go. And um, I always leave these podcasts, you know, feeling energized and having fun. Um, and that's, that could be a selling point to the instructors, right? And maybe that's a selling point to the students too, because mm-hmm. it's something that is different than a lecture or, um, you know, a, a, a video that they might watch or reading. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's different. And I think that's the appeal.
1: Yeah. Well, so. I was actually gonna comment on that. Um and and maybe that that is part of that that difference that I find so impactful about listening and podcasts learning through podcasts. Um is that conversational tone most for most podcasts that I listen to is a little bit less formal than the lecturettes that right. we often work with our faculty to yeah. produce. And so it almost, I, I would say it enhances a, a type of pers- personalization of the content. Yeah. And um, through that storytelling also, uh, I think that gives the students an opportunity to get to know their faculty member mm-hmm member better, even if it's like, often, if you imagine your faculty member might be um, doing a podcast by themselves, hopefully we can get um, some interviews in there or, or or even them interviewing a student would be Mm -hmm. incredibly interesting. Um, But maybe a faculty member is doing a solo podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can see that that could be cause a little bit of nerves, but (laughs) I. I often have worked with faculty who didn't enjoy the writing aspect, like uh, maybe we're writing overviews and I told them, okay, well, close your eyes and just imagine you're teaching to your class. What are those things you would say? Yeah. I can imagine kind of that same approach working for a kind of a solo podcast from a faculty member. Like, what would you talk about? And they could even have their computer screen open and kind of looking at the topics for yeah. the module and, um, I think that might be a good approach. What do you guys think?
0: I agree. I, I think like there's a place for those more formalized lectures, but the informal pieces are like super important for building that community in the class um, because it, it gives your students a chance to see that you're like a real person, not just a talking head. Um, you know, I. I'm always a proponent too of, you know, I tell my faculty, like, do it somewhere where you have a cool background. (laughs) Don't blur your background. Don't put a background image up. Like, let the students see your personality in your background. Mm -hmm. So, if it's in your office where you have a bunch of cool books (laughs) or something in there, if it's, you know, at home where you have, you know, some personal posters or pictures or something that means something to you, like, let them see that. Let them see that informal side of it, uh, of you, um, so that. They can feel more comfortable too.
2: And knowing that you're a human. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a big, you know, I tell my instructors at least once a week post a, a little short video of yourself mm-hmm. on the couch with yeah. a cup of coffee and the cat on your lap and, and tell them what they're going to learn. Mm-hmm what they did really well, um, what they need to focus on, just so that they can see you're actually involved in the course and involved in their learning, and you want them to succeed to make that human connection. They can't hide behind. a. Like in 2019 and 2020, I had so many instructors that I don't want to go do lectures uh, on video because I hate being on camera. And I would say, but you teach an in-person class. (laughs) It's just the same, except instead of 500 sets of eyes looking at you, there's just one camera it's, you know, you're still being seen. So yeah. yeah. You know, it's just the difference of, well, the camera can see all my pores and whatnot. The kids are far enough away. They I'm blurred. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, and another thing when we have guests on our podcast, some of them, they say, oh, I said, oh a podcast. I, oh, I hate being on a podcast. I just, I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like that. And they leave and they go, oh, well, this was easier than I thought it was going to be. I actually had a fun time doing this. Yeah. Because I think it is, you know, we're not nightline looking for the hard-hitting questions. It's it's a very easy kind of podcast. Tell us what you know. Tell us how to help other instructors and IDs make their stuff better.
0: Yeah.
2: So it's, it's always a positive to have that kind of feedback at the end of a podcast. Yeah. And, and I think that
0: can translate to to the assignments that you create as well right Mm -hmm. like maybe give students an opportunity to do their own podcast uh or at least submit things via audio Mm -hmm. um you know and have that that um that student choice built in uh because maybe some students are more comfortable with it yeah and they would enjoy it too Mm -hmm.
1: yeah add a little bit of universal design for learning yeah through your options um whether that's through adding optional learning, um, you know, do add a podcast or a video or uh, multiple options uh, ways yeah. uh, students can learn. But also, students often are excited about the idea of doing new things, mm-hmm. and there is so many opportunities in terms of media that the students have access to on campus, like right. the Adobe Access mm-hmm. um, to work on portfolios or art projects, or um, but also um, to create audio um, yeah. and or video. We have that through our LMS and D2L. We mm-hmm. have the insert stuff button. Yeah. And that is a great way to do just the audio notes uh, or video notes. A lot of my students had no idea that that was an option. <laughs> yeah, And um, even though in the instructions we said, you know, you can submit a video instead of a written narrative because um in my course for example it's not a writing intensive course and Mm -hmm. so the whole outcome was really that they demonstrated their knowledge and they could do that through voice through Mm -hmm. you know camera through some sort of media representation and or through writing
0: yeah yeah and i I think that opens up a world of possibilities for students Um, and and as an instructor and you probably feel this way too, uh, Jess. That it's cool to get something different than a written assignment. Like, and and my students in the past have done some really cool projects in different modalities. You know, video, audio, graphically. Like, you know, it's so I love that. And I think you know students are listening to podcasts themselves or or absorbing media in all different ways outside of school settings. Um, and they're taking that experience and, you know, they want to reflect that back somehow. And
2: I think it's the coolest gift an instructor can give to a yeah. student is to say, show me your creativity with yeah. this topic. and and, you know, the students that are really engaged in the in the course topic that, you know, they this is what they want to do for the rest of their life. Right. This is what they want to do when they grow up um, to see them come back with just the amount of creativity that, mm-hmm these kind of tools. We're in person at the university right now. A lot of our students are online. They may not have access to this kind of equipment, but they can certainly go um, and buy a microphone from somewhere, buy a green screen drop and whatever they need to, to show off their creativity. And when they get to show off their creativity, I think that takes what they're turning in to the next level. Yeah, Maybe even a level above that because, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, look what I did today. You know, it's that same kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, and you know, at the same time when you give when you give students choice like that, you know, I, I think some of the hesitancy that I see from instructors of, of doing that is like, oh I have to teach them a new tool or how to mm. how to do it or how to use it. It's like, no, just give them the option. <laughs> and if they want to take it, they'll yeah. they'll either use something they're familiar with or they'll learn on their own. Yeah. Um, and And, you know, you can provide, you know, a connection to resources. Like we have, uh, we have access to the Adobe Creative Cloud here through, uh, through Arizona. And um, you can just link to the resources that we have on our Adobe page. You don't have to teach them anything else. If they wanna do it, they can go and check it out and uh-huh. download things and, and use it from there, whether yeah. they're here in Tucson or, uh, you know, anywhere around
2: the world. Can, now uh, we have kind of a disadvantage. Some of our classes are only seven and a half weeks and to learn an oh, yeah. Adobe software yeah. sometimes can take more than seven and a half weeks. But I would hope that if a student comes to the instructor and says, I want to use this software, I've never used it before. Can you maybe give me an extension of a couple days while yeah. I learn this oh, cool yeah. thing? The instructor would be like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because oh, yeah. you're going to learn you'll learn something that you can use later on right. in your professional or personal life. So why not? Yeah.
1: Well, and I was going to mention, you know, when we look at our personal, life, personal lives outside of academia, a lot of our students um, are using technology way more advanced <laughs> than what we're using yeah. or just as advanced or more advanced mm-hmm. than what we're using um, in our classes. Yeah. And so I see the amount of Instagram and and all uh, different types of social media posts and the creativity and editing that goes into some of that mm-hmm. work that students are using just mm-hmm. f- fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that they can apply those skills into Adobe Express because yeah. the, yeah. there's a very similar, mm-hmm. there's a crossover for yeah. sure and how you use those tools. So I think really what it is, is, is one giving the students options yeah. and letting them know of the resources and that it's, it's available to them here, show their creativity through, through their learning, you know, and I, I know as a student, I would have loved um, in my undergraduate or PhD, I would have loved to have had those types of options. While I loved all of my education, most my PhD and and undergraduate were mostly writing (laughs) and uh, reading and writing. And, um, but I did a second master's in education and that was my first, and it was online. And that was my first opportunity uh, where I experienced UDL online from Mm -hmm. one of the educators and where I got to be creative with demonstrating my knowledge. And it was, it was fantastically fun
0: fantastically fun. A like little, that's, yeah. That's a, a quote right there <laughs> So, Um, but yeah, it, it, that's, that's a great story and that's true. And like, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that obviously like hooked you oh, and yeah. now you're, you're passing that on to the instructors that you work with, right. And oh, of you know, course. about how to, to do that in their class, that's going to then hook another student hopefully. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, think about, like, one of our biggest challenges today, um, in addition to mental health and wellness, in addition to that, is motivation. Mm -hmm. Because students, uh, everyone has uh, a lot on their plate, Mm -hmm. and students... um, Are not, I mean, I'm not saying they're not motivated, but if a course, if the content isn't made relevant Mm -hmm. to their lives or their learning or what they're going to be doing possibly in the future, the motivation uh, could be become really challenging or the it, it, motivation and engagement are kind of go hand in hand. Right. But if you give them some options, you're likely to hit on a spot of motivation and engagement. And yeah. so then you, uh, you bring in that student mm-hmm. into the course more and their output is going to be much higher than yeah if you're not connecting with something right. and of course you can't predict exactly which student is going to connect with which right. thing right. but by offering those options um you're definitely more likely um, than if you didn't offer some sort of flexible yeah. um, opportunity for them to sh- demonstrate their knowledge
0: yeah i and that's um i couldn't say that any better myself like right it's give those options and and see what happens. Watch the students flourish, um, because they they want to see, like you said, that it's relevant, um, and they want to they want to use it. They want to apply it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, and yeah. and I will agree. I did. I don't know if I said it earlier, but I would a hundred percent agree. After um, receiving for many years the same final essay thirty <laughs> times in multiple yeah. classes. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely agree that getting a little bit of diversity. I know there always is the concern for for labor mm-hmm. on the side of the faculty because grading takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we want to respect that. Um, but I will say that even just a few options mm-hmm. on how students can demonstrate their knowledge yeah. will actually bring a little bit more joy into your grading life. Yeah. Um, because you get to see some of the incredible output that students bring. And um, it might give you the opportunity or just motivation to see new avenues of, of thoughts about the work that you're sharing and, yeah. and the knowledge you're sharing.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's cool. And, and it's also cool when you can see like your students flourish in ways that you probably didn't could never imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, and that's it's kind of amazing how we started talking about podcasts and now we're like talking about how that translated to student engagement and success and um, creativity. So um, see what just a little bit of uh, podcasting can do for
2: your class. Like, And you, and you can podcast about anything, any right. topic. Somebody's good. Someone else yeah. other than you is going to be interested in yeah. hearing your take oh, yeah. on whatever it is you have to talk about. Oh, yeah. So now my question is going to be, I want to start a podcast. Uh, what? What? Where? How? Why? What do I need? We are. I already know I'm going to need a microphone, yeah. probably a laptop. What else do I need? A quiet space. Yeah. Maybe a a storyboard script. You know, to write down some ideas about what I want to talk about. Um.
1: Or you could just do slides. You can use your slides. Let's slide, say you're yeah. presenting in class, and you already have a, you possibly already have a PowerPoint on the topic mm-hmm. that you want to talk about. You could just use that slides to guide your conversation.
2: Yeah. Okay. And then, then what? I have to put it somewhere, right? Yeah. Ooh, so that's
1: a good point. Yeah, yeah. What
2: are we, but that costs money. Not always. Not, not, not always. Not what? Not, what? No. They're free yeah. podcast hosts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. How do I find those? I mean, Google, obviously,
0: <laughs> but. um uh, Jess, I'm gonna let you take it away because you you took uh <laughs> took your podcast uh, out there
1: globally. Yeah. Uh it's weird to hear globally, but yeah, yes, we are popular in Australia. Um but yeah, so we use we've used a couple different platforms to record on and um the one that we've had the most success with in terms of actual output is is Spotify for podcasters. It is free. Um, it has some unique things built into it if if that's um like you can monetize it if that's something you're interested in. But um I will say, I do appreciate um, Spotify because it's just so easy. Mm-hmm. And um, when my um, co-host and I originally talked about it, we debated for months so we were like, you know, analysis paralysis on what platforms and, and outputs we wanted to stick with. And then we decided, you know, this doesn't have to be forever. Right. We can change it if we are unhappy with one. So let's just go for it. Um, but we've been really happy with um, Spotify for Pod podcasters. Now we record on zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been talking about switching to audition with Adobe. However, we record on zoom and we edit our own um, podcast and then we just upload it to Spotify, but you could record on Spotify for free. And, um, and then we output it through Spotify. And then it also goes to Apple and Google. And then there's an RSS feed and but most i think the most popular use of it is um to or our most popular listeners are using apple and um so apple podcasts and um spotify but in terms of thinking about it for learning the great thing is you can just embed that into your lms right and it puts a little picture of your podcast Mm -hmm. up and um So you could just embed that into your LMS um, or add a link if you want to and um, or what's really fun. Have you ever made a music list on Spotify for your classes or or shared collaborative music list. Okay. (laughs) Well, so you could if you wanted make um, like a your own channel and and do a little collaborative thing for your class. Let's say uh, wow. you wanted to everybody if anybody who wanted to podcast they could like put it in there and do a collaborative podcast list that's cool or like maybe you wanted your students to search for really good podcasts yeah. related to the topic you could do so you can do some collaborative stuff on there again you you got to kind of test it yeah. and play with it yeah. a bit. um but I do feel like there's a lot of options and it being um something that students use free Spotify accounts a lot mm-hmm. um it's easy access yeah. and easy to use. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: either you can download it and if you don't want to download it, you can use um, the web version. Right. And so that's worked for us for now. And 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 so that's what I've been really happy with.
2: Yeah. And Adobe has Adobe Podcasts, mm-hmm. which is a great software because it does some. I'm going to call it magic mastery. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes out the bird chirps or the train whistles or whatever is happening in the background. It makes your voice sound a little sweeter, deeper, you know, things like that. So you don't necessarily have to be a magician at a soundboard. Once you've put together your podcast, you upload it to, and I think Spotify has this Buzzsprout has it. You can upload it for maybe an additional fee on some of them. It has this magic mastery thing. So you don't have to learn all that stuff. That's nice.
1: Well, and what if faculty just want, or students just want to record here at the U of A in our podcast studio?
0: They can. Yeah. Just go yeah. to the Catalyst Studios page. Yeah. And they can and sign up and, and book a, a time. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think I've uh, collided with students doing <laughs> podcasting, going in or out yeah. um, my last semester. And it was fun to see like kind of the like chitter chatter and excitement yeah. as they're going in or coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like it's a great learning experience, whatever the students were doing at those moments. But uh, to see them almost passionate about it, yeah. like you know, and excited about it, was um, was positive for me to see. You know, I don't know the details of those moments, but right. that made me feel like they were having a positive experience overall.
0: Yeah, and that's that's awesome, and that's what we want to do as yeah. educators is give students those positive experiences. Yeah. And also give the faculty some positive experiences. Yeah, like this is fun.
2: I highly recommend it. I like um, just a suggestion of adding joy to the grading because oh, grading. Yeah. But you know, if you make it enjoyable, you can listen to to a student's podcast while you're doing the dishes, or right. you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, I I think um I, I think that's the, you know,
0: a big takeaway you can come away with this is um this is fun. Podcasting can be fun and also, you know, a valuable learning tool and valuable learning experience uh, for students and, and a way for students to express themselves as well. It's very versatile. Yeah. Podcasts.
1: And, and I think the other cool thing is um, you, depending on the Topics, if if you don't include due dates uh or talk about due dates in your 15 minute yeah. um conversation, those are evergreen, right. meaning you can <laughs> use those in the future. Yeah. Or if if you're unhappy with something, it was only 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> so you don't have to um yeah, if you decide to re-record it just, you know, that short 15 yeah. minutes. And um, but you can use those for you know forever. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I would say like, they don't, you, you don't have to make them perfect either.
1: No. Like,
0: you know, it's okay to to leave that, you know, random sneeze in there if you need to, or uh, the the weird joke that came to your mind
2: while you were telling a story. Mm-hmm. It's okay.
1: Or the, or the, if you snort laugh.
2: Right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would say though, if you're an um or an ah, or yeah, you should probably spend some time editing those out. Yeah. It's hard. The more you do it, you, it, it yeah, it gets easier. Yeah, to, to kind of get through those. So
0: awesome. Well, thank you, Jess, for joining us today. Oh, sure. Um, and for taking this kind of wild ride with us in person, uh, as well. We've typically done done this via Zoom. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like you do that via Zoom. And
2: yeah, I do. So
0: this is uh, a new experience for all of us, and I think it was enjoyable and good for us to get in here and yeah, uh, do something more professional than what we normally do. Well, not
1: really. (laughs) But but also I I I would I would really like to open the invitation to faculty to come to UCAD if you're yeah thinking about doing podcasting or you're working with an instructional designer or you want to do instructional design office hours. Yeah. Come and, and chat with us about your podcast idea. Yeah, we have, we have, so, have so many ideas, things. right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to work with faculty about yeah. a lot of things, but I would love to work with some faculty on podcasting for their oh. class.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I think it's a lot of fun and even talk to the Adobe uh, team as well. Yeah. We'll get them, you know, so you can learn how to use some of those tools that Adobe exactly. has access to.
1: I still have to get trained on, on some tools. There's yeah. always new tools. Right. I am need to learn some more about some of the like audition because I yeah. haven't had a chance to use that yeah. yet. Yeah.
0: And for those of you outside of U of A uh, listening, yeah. uh, come to the U of A we have yeah. cool tools. <laughs> we do, but you know, tell us, share with us uh, some of you know, your podcasts. Are you, are you doing a podcast? We want to listen yeah. to it. Like, Uh, you know, share those with us or share the ones that you enjoy listening to as well. And uh, let's spread this network of podcasting around.
2: Yeah. And who knows, we may just invite you on our next podcast. True.
0: There's always a seat open. And with that, I think we'll we'll say goodbye to this first episode of season three. And uh, we'll see you next time on episode two.
2: Yeah. Let's go find some cake. Adios. (laughs) The Futures of Digital Learning podcast is a production of the University of Arizona University Center for Assessment, Teaching, and Technology. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas you'd like to share with our office, go to the Contact Us link on our website, ucatt.arizona.edu.